It's the Lockdown Lowdown. I'm your host, Andrew Stupart, and tonight, back from the podcast grave, it is the one, the only, Alex Pope. How you Thank doing? you. Thank you. I've been reinstated by Elon Musk, so I'm now allowed to talk again. So <laughs> you've been you've been taken off the ban list, off the off the blacklist, and uh, reinstated <laughs> not only on Twitter for your horrendous comments, but you've also been reinstated in the lockdown lowdown. It's good to, to have you back. And I got to ask you, in order to carve out some time for tonight, did you have to like lock your your one and a half year old daughter and your wife like in a basement and throw away the key or what? Well, let's just say there's a reason why we're doing this at uh, 1030 at 1030. night. 1030. So, <laughs> <laughs> awesome, she's, man. She awesome. is in bed. She is down for the night. So, uh, so we're free to speak our mind now. Papa Papa Pope got her down and now you can now you can play. Awesome, yeah. man. Well, Alex, it's been a while. Glad to have you back. And uh, I'm more than I'm more than excited for tonight's topic. So uh, what do you got for us? Yeah, well, you've been very uh uh, gracious and magnanimous to allow me back onto our podcast. Um, I am, uh, <laughs> you know, I just got this, this kick of inspiration. It's like, I, you know, I've been staying away from my news app. I've been staying out of the news, staying away from everything, just sort of focusing on some other projects. And, uh, and I think it's good for me mentally. Um, but, just recently some things have happened and it's like i have to i have to talk about it i have to speak into the void of the uh of the podcast and uh you know our 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 handful of listeners must hear what i have to say on this so um so if you know in case you've been hiding under a rock over the past week um, two things, two huge things I would say have happened. Number one, Donald Trump has, uh, uh, launched his third bid for, you know, to run for president. And number two, uh, Elon Musk has ignited the world with, uh, um, reinstating controversial people back onto the platform of Twitter, um, so we did a we did a Twitter podcast. What was it uh, six months ago when when things were sort of looking like Musk might buy Twitter? Yes. And uh, you know, I'm a huge Elon Musk fan. Um, I really I really like um, what he's all about. His reason for for doing what he does um, resonates with me. Um, I believe in free speech, you know, I believe in, uh, you know, doing good things for the environment, um, in a way that, that benefits people, um, you know, creating jobs and, uh, and, um, doing, ma uh, manufacturing here in North America. Um, I believe that, you know, seeking out other destinations in the solar system, and in the universe is important. Um, you know, waking up in the morning, knowing that humanity is improving and we're going places and we're going to become a multi-planetary species. Um, you know, these are exciting things and humans need excitement. They need that, that, you know, frontier, like they need exploration and, He's one of the few people that is is thinking that way and pushing the limits. Um, so, uh, so you know, whenever he does really anything, it sort of like catches my attention. But, you know, doing something as upsetting as this, um, you know, basically uh, inviting Donald Trump back on to uh, Twitter, like, I mean, that was kind of earth shattering news. Um, I'm I'm sure that you heard about that. What were your what were yeah. your first thoughts when when Man, you heard I thought, that? I, so it's it kind of sounds like this is going to be a boring podcast because it sounds like you're actually aligned to that. And I thought you and I were going to have to argue about this. Maybe there will be an argument later later down the line when we when we circle back to the whole definition of free, free you know freedom of speech or whatever. But for for the time being, um, I'm going to have to just echo um, your you know complete earth shattering shock that you felt 
um, about this. And I think, I think the entire world probably felt um, when they heard the news. I mean, I, um, again, appreciate Musk the same, probably the same way you do for his, for his genius, for his innovation, for his creativity and his goddamn hard work ethic. Like I've never seen before this. He's, it's the reason he's like the world's most wealthy man. But I don't know. I think when I when we first talked about him taking over Twitter, I could see like a couple like red flags off in the distance. And I think reinstating Trump. Not the greatest, not the greatest choice. I get the the spirit of his argument for doing so. But I think like in reality, Trump is such like a wild, loose cannon of misinformation that it's one of the biggest mistakes he'll ever make on the Twitter platform. (laughs) <laughs> that's uh i i i love that point of view um you know i i think that uh you know donald trump is a, it's it's a complicated thing and I, I i really don't think that this conversation should be debating whether or not donald trump is a good guy or or a good leader or or you know a racist or or whatever um I think everybody's well, there goes of, all my points then because I was that's literally what no, I but, prepared for. I, I think everybody's made up their mind on yeah. Trump, right? Like yeah. you, you have your your idea of what Trump is. I have my idea of what Trump is. Um, the thing is, is I, I don't believe that disagreeing with someone on something means that you um, have nothing to gain from speaking to them and communicating with them. Um, When you take somebody out of the conversation because they've said something or done something that's upsetting, you're, you're kind of erasing them from existence in a way. Um, There's still value to people that you disagree with. Um, You know, if they, if they disagree with you on one point and they might be completely and utterly wrong and, maybe even deceitful on one thing. But on the other hand, there can be other ideas that they have that are actually constructive. And I think that it's it's a complicated situation. Um, he's a very inflammatory personality, but there's a lot of opinions that he has that I think are are grounded in in um, some semblance of sanity that I think a lot of uh, politicians don't have. Like, you know, I don't believe that we should let China censor our movies. Um, I don't believe that that China should be um, uh, making all of our children's Tylenol uh, and medication and things like that. And, and these are the types of things that I think, I feel like, you know, he did warn us about. Um, and maybe these are things that maybe we should have been listening to. Um, manufacturing should be done in North America. We should be making things here, um, employing our neighbors and our children. Um, these are important things. And I totally understand where people are coming from where, yeah, but the way that he says it and he attacks people and he bullies people mm-hmm. agreed. He might not be a great choice as a president going forward. It's kind of like punching your opponent in the face in in a hockey game. It's it's poor sportsmanship. I think he's frequently practiced poor sportsmanship. But there's a lot of ideas that um, that he had that I think had they been implemented, the world would be in better shape right now. Um, you know, and I'm talking about the insane amount of inflation that we're seeing right now, talking about food shortages, um, drug shortages, things like that. You know, maybe if we had a more moderate approach, um, that incorporated some of these ideas, maybe we would actually, um, you know, still be, still be riding that, that wave of economic prosperity, and energy independence and and things like that. 
you know what i and i alex i appreciate um your perspective on this and and i don't want to make this a trump dumping episode because the our, our pilot episode on the lockdown lowdown that that was our foray into into uh the broadcast podcast world and honestly we all you misha and myself all had different things to say about trump and i don't want to be you know spend too much time on it so i i guess i would agree in the sense that like yeah there were like some certain economic policies i've talked to people who i where i've said like okay this guy's fucking nut bars and stuff and they did bring up your point about economics about bringing um jobs back into our own backyard i do believe that vehicles you know um packaged goods whatever what have you should be manufactured medicine um, drugs drugs for example should be manufactured in in the u.s or in canada so i do agree with you on that and there's there are some policies like if you really like take away the you know all of the rhetoric and like put that to the side for a second and look at some of his policies i could see your point of view but hear me out the problem is is that with even though he does have moments of intelligence that that uh, make their way through it's just clouded with so much in misinformation that it goes back to our conspiracy theory episode where we talked about um, social media being a vehicle for misinformation and how we're living in dangerous times. Just to like give you an example, camera, and just hear me out. I'm going to go on a bit of a Stupart News rant. Surprise, surprise. But, you know, Cambridge Analytica interfering with, sorry. Cambridge Analytica thing that happened with Facebook and also the Russian interference of the U.S. 2016 election. Okay, mm-hmm. and 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 some other things we co- we talked about on our social media slash conspiracy theory slash in- misinformation episode was the misinformation out there that vaccines vaccines cause autism, and guess who said vaccines cause autism? Donald Trump, verified quote. I'm going to give you some others just just from my point of view. And I have them written down here. Um, Global warming is something that's made up by China in order to stifle production in the United States. Something I'm paraphrasing, but basically the fact that that China wants manufacturing to be outsourced to China to them. So they want to um, create this 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 fake theory of climate change. Um, in order to take manufacturing jobs away from the states, and this mm. is this is you know publicized, and, and, okay. verified stuff. No, 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 no. Let okay, me. No, I, no, I have no. more. I have more. I want, okay. I'd be interested to talk more in detail about that. That's pretty interesting. But I've, no, I've got more, bro. I've got more. So, but I think I think one that's gonna you know that that's really gonna make your memory be jogged here is uh, that Osama. Oh, sorry, that uh, Barack Obama was yeah. affiliated with ISIS. Um, also said that, uh, not only should they, should the, uh, you know, should he divert military funding away from actual military things and build the wall, make Mexico pay for it because they are quote rapists. So, and that's just like, that's just like the tip of the tip of the tip of the iceberg. So before I, before I let you respond, I guess I'll just sum up my introductory point here with, uh, the fact that he's just said so many outrageously horrifyingly terrible things that when he does have these moments of sanity they're like they're they're completely like lost in this in this fog of misinformation yeah, yeah i i i would agree with you i mean making outrageous claims about your opponents um it has an interesting way of make making your changing the nature of the battlefield. Um, I don't know if you've you've heard this theory before, but um, there's this idea that uh, when you're when you're in battle with your opponent and you decide to to not take prisoners and just kill, like when you capture some someone, you just kill them. Um, it, it forces your opponent to fight harder and fight dirtier and it changes the nature of the, of the battle. Right. So, you know, in a, in a way it's, it's almost, um, better for you 
to treat your enemy with a little bit of compassion. Um, that way, you know, hopefully they'll do the same to you. Um, I don't know if that's possible or anything like that, but I think, I think that's where, you know, we're seeing like a lot of misinformation on, on both sides. And we're seeing a lot of censorship coming from, um, I, I think it's at this point, it's, um, it's a fact that a lot of companies in Silicon Valley, a lot of these tech companies are, you know, populated by employees that, that are basically leftist activists. Right. And, um, and yeah, so so you see uh, misinformation coming from Donald Trump, and then you're going to see um, censorship, you know, uh, overreaching coming from leftist activists that work for these tech companies. You know, it's um, so like it it goes both ways, and I I think um, you know it's it's a really uh, polarized time. And, you know, him running for president again, I'm not so sure that it is really the best thing for it's the country false. or the world no. <laughs> that he becomes no. uh, president again. Um, I'd, I'd be more, I think I'd be like equally as happy if, uh, if somebody like DeSantis or someone like that were to, uh, to take over instead and get the nomination and, and who knows, maybe become president. I think I'd be you know, more interested at this point to see where that goes, if maybe that would be a little bit, you know, he's still an intense personality, uh, but, you know, compared to Trump, I think it would be maybe a little less uh, intense. <laughs> so it, so it sounds like even though you and I have some slightly differing opinions in terms of our, where we are in the political circle or the political spectrum, as it were, I think you and I are both fairly moderate you're like i would say you're you're center leaning right i'm kind of i'm more like center so i i would agree with yeah. you that like usually moderation typically like wins the day and so mm. i would agree with you like if you'd asked me five years ago i would have and, and you and i've had this discussion i would have been that left leaning activist guy in my 20s but now that i'm in my mid mid to late 30s i've i've kind of shifted to like the center because i believe in like balance moderation and kind of and kind of you know quote unquote um common sense and so i i yeah. understand what you're saying and I, we've talked about cancel culture in fact if you you know if you want to we you know listeners you can go back and revisit my episode about ryerson university um and dundas street just to give you a bit of a taste that i don't think that i think cancel culture is dangerous and i think censoring for the sake of censoring because you don't agree with someone is very dangerous. And I would also actually agree with your point um, that that in the tech sector, there there are quite a few kind of left-leaning kind of activist type folks who are um, perpetuating this cancel culture that we see across traditional media, streaming media, and social media. I think I think I think where where things get super dangerous though on the flip side, and I I don't want to keep going in circles, um, but just the fact that even though Trump had some like really good economic policies again i think that's just like that's all of that's going to be um lost in in what i said before which is the fog of misinformation and some of the stuff he said is so sensationalized he you can tell he's trying to get a rise out of people to your point like he's trying to fight dirty but it's like so so sensationalized again vaccines causing autism building the wall it's like it's like he's this like super villain from from a from a james bond movie or something like that who's like trying to take over the world but he's doing it like in this loud mouth boorish way i don't even know like he's just this yeah. larger than life character but alex let me let me flip i don't want to keep going in circles on this so let me flip flip this on you flip the script not flip the script but kind of change gears here a little bit so you know we've seen in the tech sector um with the economic conditions following the pandemic um a lot of shrinkage in the economy and a sh and pullbacks, job losses, um, pulling back on 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 hiring, hiring freezes, all that sort of stuff across lots of different sectors. But in particular, the tech sector. I mean, I was one of those people who was affected by that. 
I worked for a tech company. I, I was affected by that. Thank goodness I have a new opportunity now. I've seen friends and friends and friends of friends um, across these different platforms who have been um, lost their jobs. That's, you know, Facebook, Google, um, Shopify was was uh, Twilio. There's a ton of them. Even the big ones are not unaffected. Um, Google and Facebook. Well, let's look at Twitter. I mean, t Elon Musk went in there and cleaned house, which is his right. He has he's a st he's a stakeholder. He's the CEO. He's the boss. He has the right to do what he wants because he owns the company. And that's mm. that's, you know, that's fact. But let me ask you this. If they reinstate Trump or if they reinstate Jay-Z or if they reinstate, um, you know, X, Y and Z political commentator who has been banned, what happens to the ad revenue? Um, yeah, I, that's a good question. I don't know what happens to the the ad revenue at this point. Um, I suspect that um, ads chase eyeballs. And I think that Elon Musk is really good at turning companies around. And uh, I believe now this is an Elon Musk tweet. I don't know how accurate it is, but he says, you know, there's been an increase of like 16 million daily active users. Um, and this is information that you're not hearing about on on CNN, you know, like they for sure. they're rooting for, sure. for the downfall. They want this to be like the death knell for for Twitter. Um, but it's just not panning out that way. And and I think, um, you know, everybody, everybody has kind of a love hate relationship with Twitter. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's just such a shit show, right? Mm -hmm. But that's almost it's like a it's like a car crash. It's like you have to yeah. you have to look at it. And because things reinstating all of these people, there's all of these journalists. It's not just Trump. I mean, there's all of these um, accounts that were um, shut down for infractions that only offended people of a certain political persuasion. <laughs> let's just put it that way um only one side uh was offended by the things that were maybe said or or done um a lot of these accounts are coming back online and there's this feeling like i don't know if you've you've gone back on twitter since this has happened um but there's all these people that are like you know this like hey i'm back you know and it's like yeah yeah um, you know, and and uh, Elon Musk posted uh, this one tweet: "Twitter is alive," like in all caps. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and like it's it's interesting because like there's just like a flurry of activity on there. I can't see how this strategy is failing yet. Okay. I I, okay. I mean, it's not to say that it won't fail, but yeah, I I just can't see how this strategy. It's what everybody's talking about. And I Got actually it. started a, an account. I had canceled my account a long time ago, but I had, uh, um, I reinstated myself. <laughs> there you go. Um, there you go. Yeah. So, so Alex, like, I'm going to think, sorry, I think ahead, people are going to come, come back to it. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And yeah, like, uh, like firing all of those people. Um, the, the interesting thing about, Elon Musk companies is that he has a he has a very um specific way of of running his companies that he that he has in common with other very uh successful companies like Apple and um you know and just like companies that that do very well despite all predictions um and that's that he always has this like this deeply held belief in that what his company is doing is going to change the world for the better. And you might agree with it. You might not agree with it, but there's something about running a company with, with this belief that it's going to make the world better that inspires the people that work for you. 
and it inspires the people that use your product. People don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. Mm-hmm. And that is like, that's, that's the whole reason why he's ex- as successful as he is. Um, people are interested in these, these beliefs, these, these, you know, reasons for being, um, and that's, that's how he runs these things. I can't see how this won't be successful. It, it might fail, but I just don't see it. So, so, so you're sounding like like a true marketer, by the way. So props to you. You just, I I feel like you just (laughs) did this sales pitch. Like I actually, I had Twitter like ages and ages and eons ago, and I actually feel like reinstating it because you just sold me Twitter, man. You you got to go back into sales, Alpo. Let me tell you. Um, <laughs> I have to make I have to make a small correction. I said a different rapper's name, and I do apologize. It's actually Kanye. I said someone else, but it's actually Ye. He goes by Ye now, or Kanye, who was um uh, uh taken off the platform for some anti-semitic content so or uh, commentary i should say so he's back on and so i i get what you're saying like i you know on on the one hand i think like in theory what elon musk is trying to do makes you know makes sense in terms of having fritter up fritter wow twitter be this free exchange of ideas and i agree with you that like even though you may not like what someone has to say, but that doesn't mean you cancel them or erase them. And so I understand the spirit of discussion that you're kind of putting forward here and that that and that you're kind of looking to Elon Musk for in terms of in terms of that inspiration. And I and I do agree with you um, that he truly does believe in what he in what he's working on, the companies that he's building and he and he goes in all out. But the thing is, you can't run a, a company without advertising revenue. And as a marketer, I can tell you about the Unilever incident. I think this was five or six years ago um, that Unilever had a really, really, this is this is the maker of, it's kind of like a similar to P&G. They make soaps and stuff like that. So they had a really bad instance of where some of their content, their packaged goods content um self-care whatever you want to call it stuff was put in the wrong context on digital so i don't know i don't remember if it was like a war thing or if it was a politically incorrect thing i don't remember the exact context but there have been a lot of advertisers you know even my company included who have brought up the question of brand safety and content suitability and this is a huge huge discussion piece in the digital marketing world and hear me out for a second back in the day with television commercials or um, radio commercials, magazine, or other forms of print like newspaper, you had a very you understood where you that you were going to be in the sports section, the business section. You were going to be on sixty minutes in that in that time slot on the commercial break. You there was a there was transparency and there were guarantees in terms of your ad placement um, on those traditional media. Fast forward 10, 15 years into the explosive era of the 2000s, 2010s, and 2020s of digital just erupting and taking market share away from television, away from radio, away from print. And you go into this wild, wild west scenario where where products are just way out of context. You may have a soap or a shampoo or a perfume ad being served um, as a pre-roll video about the war in Ukraine, about gender politics and gender identity issues. You could have, um, you know, political content. And and I know a lot of companies, like if I had my own clients and I will soon have my own clients for our, our, our you know, ad, you know, um, our ad service that we're going to be running they don't want to be in those those kind of articles they want to be in like the business section they want to be like in the friend in the quote unquote user friendly stuff i don't i can't think of any brands that want to be a pre-roll video leaning into um you know war in ukraine coverage so i guess my whole point here as a marketer and the preamble is to make this point <laughs> if if advertisers are scared they're going to pull out of twitter and put more money into TikTok, 
Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, the list goes on. So that's the point that I'm making. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that that might be the possibility in the short term because like people kind of don't know where it's going and, yes. uh, you know, how is this going to affect people's opinion of my brand if I'm supporting it? Right. I think you're right. Probably in the short term, it will, uh, advertising revenue will drop off and he's going to have to find other ways to make up for that shortfall. You know, obviously shrinking the size of, of the staff is one thing, um, you know, uh, monetizing it for, you know, people, um, contributors, um, that type of thing. Like there's some different ideas that are being floated. Who knows if it'll work. Um, uh, but did, did you ever see the movie citizen Kane with Orson Welles? It's been ages. It's been ages. There's a, there's a really good scene where, where, uh, it's based on the character of Howard Hughes, uh, Orson Welles, um, basically, you know, his character purchases a newspaper and, you know, he's running this newspaper. It's not going very well. And, uh, one of his, uh, you know, one of his employees tells him like, you know, you should know we're, we're losing a million dollars a year right now. And he's like, uh, he's like, Oh, well, if we're losing a million dollars a year, then that means that we'll only be able to operate this newspaper for a hundred years. And like, it's just kind of like a different way of thinking of things. It's like, you have to realize Musk is on a different level in terms of wealth, where a $44 billion company tanking is not actually that scary of a prospect for for somebody with the immense wealth of of uh elon musk fortunes could change but uh but as of right now i I don't think he's scared <laughs> like yeah and i think just you know just more generally it's like like twitter is the town square you know it's it's where everybody goes to to hear about what just happened and so far i don't think that that's changed um you know everybody wants to advertise in in times square in new york city you know that's where things are happening that's where people are going you know and as long as as long as he has the ability to keep this you know uh, number one in terms of, uh, you know, social media websites. Um, like, you know, there's not, there's not much you can do to stop them. The thing is, it's not man. Like they just, I don't, I don't have it in front of me. I'd have to pull it up, but, uh, I was Twitter watching wasn't some coverage for a very long time. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I, I don't have it in front of me. Unfortunately, I didn't, I didn't bring it up, but I can easily bring it up. There was coverage. Like there was coverage on the, Ooh, the mainstream media that uh, that actually are like something like General Mills, like a company like General Mills, like the the cereal, like the main you know cereal producer in in the I don't even know, like I guess North America or whatever. They pulled out. There's a bunch of companies that pulled out, and I kind of feel like it's a res- it's a repeat of what happened with Hockey Night in Canada. I'm not a big mm. hockey guy, but if you recall, all of, like the the hor- all those horrible kind of sexual assault allegations and cases that were that were being covered with Hockey Night in Canada and and kind of exposing the, the kind of the rape or abuse culture within ho- within the hockey um, the sport of hockey itself. Um, a lot of advertisers pulled out of out of hockey, mm. and this this is now happening with Twitter. So it's I I, I don't know. I think it's, there's two sides of it. There's the Hey, I don't want my ad running in some anti-Semitic or politically polarized white supremacist tweet. Like, I don't want my advertising to be mixed in with this polarized political nonsense rhetoric. That's number one. As I said, context, brands, um, safety and content suitability, which are huge things in the industry. But number two, um, a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of it's the power that these advertisers have um, when there's when there's a moral th- when there's moral um, 
uh, a question of morality. And so I, I think part of it's like the sympathy play for these for these, you know, 7000 people who were let go from Twitter. It's almost like, hey, you went in and chopped up your staff and cut ha- half of them loose. Like, I'm going to make a statement and pull my ads out of Twitter because you're a dick. But it seems like you're more concerned about the profitability of Twitter and having a, having a nice safe place for corporations to advertise than have a public square where people can voice their opinions, uh, you know, without fear of censorship. Um, it seems like you're you're more concerned about just having a platform that's whitewashed. And I think that you, you know you can go to Facebook for that. You know, it's completely yeah. whitewashed. We're not even allowed to to publish our own name of for our the, own for name the podcast. Yeah, yeah. We're not yeah. allowed to say lockdown, lowdown. We have to say the lowdown because lockdown, it's a little too scary for advertisers yes. and and people with leftist sensibilities. <laughs> no, and I wasn't trying to I wasn't trying to um necessarily like put forward like the the corporate opinion here like i don't give a shit like i don't even actively use twitter um i'm active on other social media platforms i couldn't really give a shit about how the platform does because i'm not actively on it i was just making the point that for anything to operate it needs a budget so unless he's gonna but you know does it need general mills to survive like i don't know i i feel like you know, these big advertising dollars are maybe counterproductive to, you know, humanity having like a, a town square where we can communicate, you know. Look, who's paying, but how is he going to continue his revenue stream? I think he'll find a way. I think he'll find a way. <laughs> He's got his work cut out for him. I'm not, I'm not telling you it's going to be easy, but, uh, but I think that, uh, I just believe that when um, you have this many people that agree with what you're doing, I mean, like his most recent poll, like the the Trump poll was very divisive. Like it was 52% of people voted in favor of reinstating Trump. Mm -hmm. Uh, 48% Mm -hmm. of people voted no. Um, And, but 15 million people voted. Okay. So he mm-hmm. did do another poll uh, asking people, you know, are you are you open to um, general amnesty, meaning just like anybody that has been had their account deleted or, or suspended um, for reasons other than breaking the law or or um, spamming people like an insane amount. Like if you haven't broken the law and you're not like an insane spammer, then, uh, you know, what are your thoughts about just letting everybody back on? And 75% of people said, yes, that's a lot. That's a big majority. I would say, you know, like people want an open communication platform where there's not like somebody, um, shutting you down for for everything that you say that might be off color i i think it's complicated though because obviously there there is a a list of things that the vast majority of of people would say are unacceptable you know you know anti-semitism and you know racism and things like that but there's a lot of things that are in the gray area that accounts have been shut down for including donald trump's account um you know, yeah. his his final tweets that got his count suspended were like so, so ambiguous. Like there was really nothing, no smoking gun whatsoever. And I think the you know, the biggest um, the biggest thing about reinstating Donald Trump's account is not that he's going to come on and start tweeting again. I don't think there's any chance of that happening. Um he's uh he's he's got his final tweets out there for everybody to see and everybody can see how innocuous they were and on top of that there's a there's um information that's been leaked since now they have access to all the documents at twitter 
um, saying like exactly why they suspended Donald Trump. And it, it's absolutely insane. Um, this guy, uh, Viva Fry, um, a YouTube, uh, a influencer from Montreal, uh, he posted it and it's insane, man. Uh, did you want me to read it to you or it's interesting. Go ahead. Have at it. Um, so, so basically I'll, I'll read you, uh, Donald Trump's like final things that he said. Um, so one, one of the things that he said was, uh, you know, he's asking everybody to march to the Capitol, uh, remain peaceful, no violence. Remember, we are the party of law and order, respect for law and our great men, women in blue. Thank you. I, and I'm not asking for your opinion on that. This is just what he said. You might completely disagree uh-huh. with him. Um, you know, he he posted another one that said, please support our Capitol Police and law enforcement. They are truly on the side of our country. Stay peaceful. <clears throat> and then he posted shortly after that saying that, he would not be attending the inauguration. And then, uh, so, so this information that was released sort of like the, the reasoning for why his, um, uh, account was deleted was saying that he was inciting violence. So it's kind of hard to look at those tweets and see, okay, so these tweets are inciting violence. I'm trying to see it from their perspective. How is this inciting violence? Um, and he, so he says, hold on one second here. So basically the tweet where he says, I'm not going to be at the inauguration was like a a dog whistle. Like there's always this like, oh, it's this subtle message that he's slipping to his supporters. And that that was that he's not going to be at the inauguration. Therefore, it's it's a safe target for you to attack because I won't be there. It's like, oh, man, that is such a reach that is such a big stretch to to go from him saying march to the capitol you know respect our law enforcement you know um you know be peaceful whatever and then oh we're gonna disregard those tweets but we're going to read into this like weird 4d chess this is conspiracy theory crap Um, yeah you know Conspiracy theories come from the left and the right. And this to me is evidence that whoever, um, you know, came up with this, you know, reasoning for why he should be suspended. They were a nut job. Like, but Alex, I kind of wonder, I, I kind of wonder if it it was like, if that, if that maybe like was the straw that broke the camel's back and let me just back up a little bit because, you know, to reiterate, I agree that on both sides, the more extreme right and the more extreme left you get, um, the more you can run into situations where there's censorship or where there's, ex, you know, misinformation or just extreme. Might what you know someone might say inappropriate things being said on these forums or whatever. But I think if you look back at the history, um, he's one of the piece like by far the president that has spoke the most misinformation not only leading up to his election like throughout the campaign but during his presidency like if you look at all previous presidents like he is like gone down in history for just like people people on the ooh the mainstream media or whatever you want to call it they would actually take a tally of all the things that he would say and in one given um press conference he would say like 20 things that were false now multiply that by how many hundred press conferences he's done and campaign speeches and addresses to the nation that he's done. It's he's just, as I said, the, the things that he does say that are like, that are, that are grounded in reality or make sense for the economy or make sense for um, unifying the United States in whatever kind of way, all that is lost in this fog of misinformation. And again, the fact that he had, 
the goal to like go out on on Twitter and 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 tweet about the fact that excuse me that uh, vaccines cause autism, which is just utter nonsense. You and I got you and I have talked about this during the pot during the um, uh, conspiracy theory episode. The fact that he again um, tried to link Obama to to ISIS. The fact that he was you know, also talking about the conspiracies of climate change. This is just like three or four things out of like hundreds of false things that he've said. And so I kind of wonder if that was like, if those, if those last moments were like just the little pieces of straw, the book broke the camel's back. And I, and for me personally, I think it's, I think it was within reason that they took him off Twitter. Um, Because you have to imagine like not only the things he's saying, but the scale so there's a couple things. There's the fact that he had that he has like 80 plus million followers, which is enormous. And then on top of that, you have to imagine that he's a person in a in a in a position of authority. Not only does he have a celebrity background, a real estate background, and he was president of the United States, he has insane amounts of power. And so something that made me really nervous and you, you and I talked about this on a few occasions was when he was kind of tweeting back and forth. I know he was kind of trying to, you know, push some buttons, no pun intended, with um, with uh, King Jong-un. But uh, he literally called him a rocket man and said that he had his finger on the button and stuff like that, which to me is like almost the prelude to like to like, you know, nuclear war, like World War Three. And so I think I think I'm going to go back to my original thesis that. When you have that level of influence, that scale, that number of followers, and that position of power, um, and you're saying such horrendously misleading and and sensationalized things that maybe there comes a point where a social media platform has to pull the plug. I don't know. I think you're being a little bit dramatic. I I, I don't think there's anything that he said that was really that bad, Um, but you know like like there's there's all this uh, like you know saying oh he told people to drink bleach and stuff like that first of all he never actually said to drink bleach you know that was something that was twisted and contorted by the media um you know it's like all this stuff it's pretty it's pretty petty but uh, anyways i i don't really think that it's a valuable conversation to have whether or not Donald Trump is a is a good leader or a bad leader. Everybody's made up their mind on this. And you know, you've made up your mind, I've made up my mind. I'd say like let's just leave it. What I'm what I'm talking is about is the um you know, like at what point is it okay to erase somebody out of the public conversation, especially somebody that is supported by a huge segment of the population like you know agree with them or not you know like there was a big chunk of the population that is like you know what i like this guy i agree with this guy uh, on a lot of issues um and you know he's got my vote um you know when you erase somebody like that you're also erasing the opinions of the people that support him as well um i think uh i think there's like there just has to be a higher um like there there just needs to be a higher burden of of proof um when it comes yeah. to taking somebody out of the public conversation yeah. especially a like a former president you know like there needs For to sure. be like an actual like okay he called on people to commit crime he called on people to attack other people yeah. that never happened like it didn't happen. You can't like of all the tweets that you're pointing to, you can't point to the tweet that said, go attack the police, go attack uh, or or go overthrow the government. Where's that tweet? Didn't see it, you know? Right. But for him calling um these immigrants and there's actually quotes. I don't even want to say this on the podcast, but um, there, there's hmm. actually a quote here. Let me bring it up about, um, you know, having a hard stance on migration because he didn't uh, and i'm paraphrasing but having a hard stance on migration because he doesn't like a lot of these syrian men who are entering the country because they're connected with isis 
I don't know. To me, like know. that would kind of be yeah, like, do you know the for line. sure that they're, do you know for sure that they're not affiliated with? No, ISIS? but he's just like, I guess, I guess, I guess for me, like when you go, I guess that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't want to keep talking in circles, but I'll just make yeah. one more point back in the day. I know you're not all about the mainstream media. Um, and I, and I too, like, don't get me wrong. I've worked in media for 10 years and I work in marketing. Even I criticize, even I have doubts around the mainstream media sometimes. So I don't want you, I don't want you or, or the listeners to necessarily come away from this and say like, I am like the, the golden boy of he the mainstream the media. CBC. And I'm trying to he used to love work the, the CBC. CBC. I used to it. work. No, no, but I understand. But I guess what I'm saying is I'm smart enough and I'm media savvy enough to like understand that you have to look at different sources, left wing sources, right wing sources, centric source, center sources. Um, hear me out. So, so I know that you need to like be careful with what you consume, but just, but here's my, another point, you know, I was talking earlier about traditional media back in the day, there was no social media. There was no two way street. There was no every man having a microphone at their disposal, a podcast at their disposal, you know, being able to like tweet or, or post at, 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 at the tips of their fingertips, Right. That wasn't around back in the 60s. In the 60s, when news was was produced there, you know, when someone was going off and shooting on film, black and white film, they had to go and develop that film. So there was time for fact checking. There was time for, you know, supervisors and editorial, you know, um, uh, executives to to kind of oversee what was going on. But now we're living in this ultra fast paced um, world that's become a two-way street and so i guess the point i'm making is when you have someone with so much power tweeting tweeting all out lies all out lies it kind of sets a dangerous precedent and 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 to go and just to circle back one more time um you know i'm all for healthy discussion and if you want to say you if you want to say your stances if you're a traditionalist and you believe that and I don't believe this for the record, but if you believe that me- that women belong in the kitchen, you know, to raise their to to raise the kids, and that dad should be the breadwinner, or that or that uh, women should you know shouldn't take you know you know part in in really heavy sports, leave the leave the football playing to the men or whatever. If you have a traditional stance, fine. If you're anti-immigration, fine. If you have certain values that you want to. Um, or religious beliefs that you want to broadcast across the world and I don't agree with them, 100% that's fine. But when you cross that line and start spreading lies on social media, that's the line. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I mean, I I see what you're saying, but I don't know. I mean, like who decides what a lie is and what, what the truth is, you know? Well, there's like, things that are just all out lot like vaccines do like, not cause autism. Os- or you know, Obama is not related to ISIS. Like those hmm. are just things that we know. You know what I mean? Or like so yeah. there's just th- certain yeah, things or, that are like or, Yeah, or or like uh, you know, a man is not a woman. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Someone some people would say that that's a lie. Other people would say that that's the truth, you know. I mean, we can get into like gender <laughs> politics, you know, theory. And I and I'm actually I'm actually in the same camp as you, by the way. I I mean, that's a whole other discussion. If the, if the listeners do want to listen to my opinions around gender and a politics and gender identity and sex versus biology, like we could you could you can totally listen to yeah. the episode. <laughs> um, but I think what you're talking about is like things that are like a debate. Where I'm talking about like, like we you and I could have a debate around gender or around yeah you know, women's roles in the workplace yeah. or, or, you know, roles of the well, military I, or, like, you know, I just or, think like but, a lot of the, the things that, that you've brought up, like, you know, you look at it, uh, like I look at it and I see one thing and you look at it and you see a different thing, you know, it's like a Rorschach test, you know, it's like those ink blot tests, you know, I might see an Eagle, you might see a Panda. It's the same ink blot. You know what I mean? And, and like Alex, that, okay. and, and that yeah. was, that was one of the interesting things about Donald Trump is like so many of the things that he said, it really depended on which angle you were coming from. And, and on the, so if you were coming from this angle, it's like, oh, that's a blatant lie. That's evil. That's malicious. That's racist. And then 
if you were coming at it from a different angle, it was like, oh, no, I have actually seen studies and documentaries that that show that, you know, 80 percent of single women traveling north uh, across the border in the United States um, were getting raped for many, many, many years. Um, so him calling, you know, uh, rape, uh, calling uh, immigrants crossing the border illegally rapists. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's unsettling. It's not very pleasant to listen to, but it's rooted in some level of fact. Um, but on the other hand, you might, you might say that, see that as like, there's, you know, there's none of these people are coming here to rape us, you know, like they're not coming to the United States to attack us. They're not vicious mm -hmm. animals. They're all they're doing is looking for a better life. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's, that is an example of where two different perspectives of the same comment are kind of both right. I, I mean, you yeah. know, the left is totally right in saying that like these people are not, um, you know, vi you know, vicious rapists coming to attack us. And I don't think, I, I don't think that that's the case, but then, you know, the people on the right, it's like, well, there, like, if you do your research, like there is a lot of sexual abuse of migrants in South America. Um, you know, you know, young women and children do not have, um, a very safe road ahead of them when they're traveling through South America to come to the United States. So, and, and so I don't give, know, like, no, uh, just an example. No. And but. given, given like, obviously to, to most, a lot of things there, there is the, there is ability to debate. And I, for one, love a good debate. You and I, like, even though you and I don't all agree on things, like I would never try to suppress what you're saying. You would never try to suppress what I'm saying. Um, there are, you know, and I, and to that extent, like there are a lot of like right wing people where I like vehemently disagree with them. And I like, I don't want to ever suppress someone's speech. I guess the, I don't want to keep going in circles, but I guess like the point is like when someone says something that's like flat out, like no way of debating it, a lie that's, or, or if it yeah. could cause harm to the society, is, that, is like, and you don't have the authority to decide whether or not something's a lie. And the people that run CBS, ABC News, CBC News, they don't have the authority to decide whether or not something's a lie. So like who decides and like, should we so, just blind, blindly hand over the authority to censor people to some random unelected person? Um, you know, like right. these, these mystery people that were working for Twitter that we have no idea yeah. who the hell yeah. they were. And they were yeah. shaping, shaping public discourse in a way that they saw fit. And, and they might've been right to, to do some of the things that they did, Yeah, but, but who the hell are they? And like, why, why is it that I can't read something that's upsetting or wrong or a lie and decide for myself that this is a lie this is bullshit this guy is bullshit that's the whole reason they let trump be on twitter throughout his entire presidency is like they didn't agree with what he was doing all throughout those entire four years but they they believe that um somebody that worked at twitter at, during that time believed that at least we know the thoughts that are going through his head. It's better to know than just to silence him and then have no idea, you know, what's going on there. You know, like now, so I can, I can hear some of the things you're saying. Judge. I, no. And I understand some of the things you're saying. And I understand that, like, obviously there's some value to like being able to under, you know, to have a window into like kind of, the the inner thinkings of what's going on in in trump's head at the same time like i think we have to remember is that you and i and like our friend group people we went to school with our parents like we're all pretty well educated pretty down-to-earth people who have media savvy right like even my parents like they're in their 60s and 70s and so they're they they've seen quite a lot in the years that they've been around and they know 
when to smell out some bullshit. But if you have a 13, 14, 15, 16 year old who's on Twitter, maybe their parents know about it. Maybe they don't. Or maybe you just have someone who's like, I hate to say it, maybe not as well educated, who isn't as media savvy. See, who, that's and, such and, you know, elitist crap, you know, like, it's oh, absolutely this guy's not. A, no, it's absolutely this guy's not. A farmer. It's absolutely not. This guy is a no, a no, 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 farmer. no, 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 That's I, not what I said. be trusted. He, no, he didn't no. go to an no. Ivy League school. No, no, no. Um, he the radio be and television to decide Alex, what is accurate and what's not. You're putting words in my mouth. You're putting words in my mouth. What I'm saying <laughs> is not everyone went and we're by the way, Ryerson's not an elitist fucking Ivy League school, by the way. <laughs> uh or sorry, Toronto Metropolitan University. Um so no, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying like compared to like the average person, you and I have a greater level of media literacy because we were we're we're doing a podcast we're living in this world of like we went to school for it but like there are i hate to say it there's like a larger part of the population that may not be like as critical of the media because that's not what they grew up with or that's not the mentality that they're in so sometimes people will take things at face value so if they go on twitter they might say oh vaccines cause cause autism or oh barack obama was you know related to isis or hey you know what the chinese are trying to take more manufacturing jobs to china so they're making up this theory of climate change but climate change is a hoax and i think that is dangerous that's the point that i'm mm. making i i think you you give yourself a lot of credit to to you know say oh because i I'm media literate. I I know better though. Like you don't you don't know know for sure that you know better. Maybe you know, maybe this whole thing is is a simulation. Maybe this is the matrix. Maybe you have no freaking idea. And but that's the lockdown you know. lowdown, guys. Thank you so much for listening. No, you know what? If you're gonna get it, if you're gonna get into like matrix level philosophy, like I think no, we've we're crossed going the there. line into like going. another I think, I think we're yeah, crossing no, we into another podcast. That. <laughs> so is that it are we just are we just going to agree think... that uh, you can say whatever bullshit you want on twitter and then and, and just spread misinformation on social media is that where we're leaving it yeah i don't i don't know maybe <laughs> i feel i feel like uh like there there are no adults in the room like there aren't you know like we're all humans and we all have the ability to think and reason, and we should use that ability. Um, and not everybody, you know, is going to, you know, be able to discern what's what's right and what's what's wrong. But I don't believe that there's a segment of society uh, that does know what's right and what's wrong any better than anybody else. Um, I think we have to uh we have to engage in public discourse it's you know there's a, a weird thing that we're dealing with here and that's that the the human brain a lot of people have this theory that the human brain is not capable of maintaining relationships with more than 150 people yes you've probably heard, heard that before i've heard this um, yeah you you know most people will look at all of the connections that they have on Facebook and social media. It's like, okay, how many of these people do you actually communicate mm -hmm. with from time mm -hmm. to time? You maintain that relationship. You know, it's always about 150 people. And that's how many people would be in a tribe, you know, in, in, in the prehistoric era, you know, we, we didn't live in huge tribes. We weren't able to sustain large cities the way that we do. And now that, and, and I think for a long time, the fact that we all lived in these huge tribes and huge cities, um, it wasn't a problem because we couldn't communicate with more people than we were used to communicating mm -hmm. to. Because mm -hmm. you could only, you could only really call people and read the news and that was mm -hmm. about it. But now we're in this weird phase of humanity where you're able to communicate with anybody you want to communicate with instantly no problem and i yeah. and yeah like there's just so many different types of people out there and different streams of thought mm -hmm. um and you know 
diversity is our strength, I think. And shutting down people that have a, a, a different way of thinking about something is is dangerous. And you know, I don't I don't want to drag this on too much longer. So I think we're gonna kind of wrap it up a little bit because I think we're kind of drawing to a close here. But um and I, so I don't disagree with you. I think I think to restate my opinion, I'm all for healthy discourse. I'm all for having people in a democratic sense of just, you know, having discussion and, and all that good stuff. But I think another thing we have to remember, I can't speak for Twitter's particular algorithm. I don't want to um, put false information out there. But but what I know with um, with Facebook's algorithm Part of the danger is, and you and I have talked about this on other episodes, is that if you like um, a lot of right-wing content, or conversely, if you like a lot of left-wing content, Facebook is going to say, hey, Andrew really liked this article, that article, and the other, and it's going to continue to send me or put in my feed articles that I'm going to agree with. And so Mm. you start to have this very narrow-minded opinion. And again, I want to acknowledge that it's not just the right, it could be the left as well, which is why me me as an elite media savvy person, as you put it, I try to read right-wing sources and left-wing sources. I read the CBC or watch CBC, but I also look at National Post or whatever. Which is also a left-leaning news outlet. No, it absolutely fucking is not. Anyways, let's let's just say I... Anyways, so I look at different sources. We could argue blue in the face until we're blue in the face about what sort of, you know, which source is right and left skewing, whatever. The point is I look at different sources of media, but I'm what I'm saying is not everyone does. So the danger is on social media is that if you continue to see rhetoric from one side or the other, that's all that's going to come up in your feed. And so I that's why I think like it, you know, this ultra, ultra fast high speed world of social media that we're living in can be dangerous because we're having so much information being fed at us so quickly. There isn't enough time for your brain to stop and process what is fucking misinformation rhetoric and what is um, maybe a little bit closer to the truth. Yeah. I think algorithms are a, are a problem that we've, we've yet to figure out how to make that work, you know, cause you're, you're right. Like, you can sort of go down this rabbit hole and it just sort of like, it's like a feedback loop, you know, it just, it, it just keeps going and going and going and in a certain direction. And uh, yeah, that's, that is a problem because yeah, it used to be that the news was just kind of the same for everybody, but now there's like Andrew Stupart's news and Alex Pope's news, two very different things. So Yes. Awesome, man. Well, Alex, this has been really good. I'm glad to have you back on the podcast. I'm glad we could kind of talk about Twitter because it is such a there's just as I said, the the world of digital media, and I can tell you I work in it every day, is so fragmented, it's so saturated. There's platforms coming and going. So I think it was very appropriate for us to jump on this Twitter thing like the rest of the world is right now and kind of talk about it because it's, um, it's a, it can be a challenging world to navigate. Absolutely. I'm glad that we could have a controversial discussion about this and, uh, I look forward to doing it again sometime. Awesome. Well, if you like this content, check out, I did an episode on the renaming, the rebranding and erasing of uh, Ryerson University as well as Dundas Street. I've also done coverage, uh, not coverage, I've done commentary on the inquiry into the Emergencies Act. Um, There's a whole bunch of political content that Alex and I have done. So if you like this episode, check out some of our other political content. And as always, we are, are outlandish, outstanding, and outspoken. This is Andrew and Alex on the Lockdown Lowdown, signing off. Bye for now.